Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Evangelist Justin Cooper coming today from somewhere along the Revival Trail. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today. And what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. We are studying together in Ruth. I wanted to say the Gospel of Ruth because it's such a good story and a gospel picture. The book of Ruth in the Old Testament, and we are in the final chapter. This will be our second look into chapter number four, and I am praying today that God will speak to your heart personally, powerfully, and directly. I want our time together to be a beneficial time, a blessed time. I want it to be a time where you and I grow in the Scripture. And I am convinced that you and I in days like these need to have the Word of God hidden in our heart. We need to have it memorized. We need to know it. And not just casually, but have a working knowledge of the Scripture. The Christian to his Bible, it ought to be such a relationship even more so than the mechanic to his ranch or the surgeon to the scalpel. You and I should know how to utilize this sword and use this tool and to understand this guidebook for life, the Bible is the Word of God, and we need it. We live by it. We uh, survive on the Bible. The Bible has the answer for every question. It has the solution to every problem. It uh, has the encouragement when you're discouraged, the comfort when you're discomforted. We need the Word of God. If I didn't have the Bible, I'd be lost. If I didn't have the Bible, I wouldn't know Christ. If I didn't have the Bible, I wouldn't know how to live a life that's a good life and a pleasant life and a peaceable life. The Word of God. We don't need less. We need more. We need it in our society. It's amazing how Christians get so uptight, mad, and upset when government takes the Bible out of schools. But really, Christians are guilty of taking the Bible out of their own home. We don't read the Bible in our homes. We don't study it for ourselves. So let's not get mad in the public arena when they discount throughout the Word of God when you and I aren't making much of it ourselves. And I want to be a Bible student. I want to know what God has to say. People say, I wish God speak to me. He has spoken to you. He spoke to you through His Word, and He's still speaking through it today. Here in Ruth chapter 4, Boaz has gathered men of the city at the gate. And I told you this last study that it's there at the gate where they would have done their official business. They did not have, as we do today, uh, a city hall or someplace like that. They would conduct business at the gate of the city. So Boaz gets ten men together. Then he and the nearer kinsmen gather. Boaz presents to the nearer kinsmen the case of Elimelech. And he mentions how Elimelech had died and left a parcel of ground. He's left some inheritance. And he said, if you'll redeem it, you have first dibs. And that man said, I'll take it. He wanted the inheritance. He wanted the ground. But Boaz said, with that ground comes a girl. There is a Moabitess damsel by the name of Ruth. And if you're going to really redeem, do the part of the Redeemer, you've got to take Ruth to be your bride. This near kinsman considers it and says, I don't want her. She'll mar my own inheritance. He was already a spouse to another woman. He's married, and he didn't want to attach to that Moabitess girl. So he yields to Boaz, and Boaz is given the go-ahead to do the part of the Redeemer. You understand what happens. That man took off his shoe, gave it to Boaz as a sign that Boaz can do the act of redemption. In verse number 9, we'll pick up our new reading. It said, And Boaz said unto the elders, unto all the people, you are witnesses this day that I have bought all. And I like that. You know, back in verse number 11, he promised Ruth in chapter 3, I will do to thee all that thou requirest. 
And here in verse 9, he came through on his, that'll make, a, that'll make me shout right there. I've bought all. He came through on his promise. He said, I'll do all. And guess what? He did all. He kept his word. Boaz, again, is a good picture of Jesus Christ. And I'm glad that we can depend upon Jesus to keep his word. I'm glad he never falters or fails when it comes to his promises. Everything with God, they're yea and they are amen. And if God said he'll do it, he will do it. And you can rest your faith in that fact. God will not fail. God is not a liar. Thank God for that. Uh, God is not shady. God is not a snake, if you will. God is an honest uh, individual, an honest entity. God will keep his word. And Boaz does exactly what he said he'd do. He buys all of it. That was Elimelech's and all that was uh, Chilion's and Malon's of the hand of Naomi. So he does the act of redemption and it's redemption full on behalf of Ruth and free for Ruth. She didn't have to pay a dime for it. Boaz paid it all for her. Verse 10, moreover Ruth the Moabitess, the wife of Malon, have I purchased to be my wife to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren and from the gate of his place. Ye are witnesses this day. And all the people that were in the gate and the elders said, We are witnesses. The Lord make the woman that is come into thine house like Rachel and like Leah, which two did build the house. Now I'm turning the page of my Bible. I, don't, I want to make mention on, on that in a minute. The house of Israel. And do thou worthily in Ephrata and be famous in Bethlehem. Now watch. They say, let your house be like Rachel. Rachel's the one who birthed Joseph, right? A good type of Christ there. And say, be like Rachel. In verse 12, and let thy house be like the house of Pharez, uh, whom Timar bare unto Judah of the seed which the Lord shall give thee of this woman. Now, Timar... Uh, when we think of Tamar, we think of Judah. Judah, of course, is the lineage of the throne, rights to the throne, right? And so we have these pictures presented even in the in the promise, in the in the praise, in the uh, uh, in the in the word that is coming to Boaz. Verse thirteen. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. So the Lord blesses the union now between the Redeemer and the one He is to redeem. And whenever the Redeemer is hooked up to the one in need of redemption, it ought to produce fruit. There's a picture here. When you and I get born again, when Jesus saves us and the Holy Ghost indwells us, it is normal Christianity for you and I to be fruit-bearing Christians. It is abnormal for the Christian never to grow in grace. The Bible said that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and now all things become new. There ought to be some fruit that grows on the branch of our life when you and I are born again. Now, I know we don't all grow at the same rate. We don't all grow at the same pace. We don't all grow in the same fashion. But still, nonetheless, we all should bear some manner of spiritual fruit. There should be an offspring, if you will, uh, whenever the Redeemer and the one in need of redemption are connected together. I am not what I ought to be, but I'm glad I can say I'm not what I used to be. And little by little, every single day, I am being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ as I yield to the Holy Spirit and obey the Word of God. So there ought to be something produced from that redeemed life, that relationship. Verse 14, And the women said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. 
Think about it. In the first chapter, Naomi was bitter. Now Naomi is blessed. All the women in town look at her and say, Boy, God's been good in your life. Look what God has done. Look where God's brought you from. Consider what God has done for you. God's taken you from brokenness to blessedness. God's taken you from bitterness to blessedness. God has taken you from having it all stripped away. And now He's given it all back and He's given you more than you bargained for. You got a grandbaby on the way. And He shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age. For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, what a great phrase, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. Ruth has such a great testimony in our text. The Bible said she's a virtuous woman. But here it's admittedly known. All these women say, your daughter-in-law loves you. It's very evident that she loves you by her sacrifice. She loves you because she's stuck with you. She loves you because she's by your side. What a blessing that is. I hope it can be said of you, by the way, listening today, by your parents, by your grandparents, by your spouse, by your friends. They can say, you know what, so-and-so, they love me. And I know they love me. And it ought to be said by those who aren't in your family that can look on your family relationship and your friend relationships and say, that person loves his family. She loves her family. And they love their friends. And God help us to be that kind of an individual. Well, we have one more study in Ruth chapter 4. And then we'll move on to a new book of our in our Bible. And we'll continue on down the pathway of learning more from the Word of God. Make sure you don't miss next Bible study as we finish out Ruth. And uh, we'll have a great time together. Until then, I want to ask you, join with me in praying for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.